Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. So today we are talking about The Hole in the Ground. But we're not really talking about The Hole in the Ground. We're talking about a movie which has the title The Hole in the Ground. Yes. Because that's more interesting. Yes. A hole in the ground would be very boring. Yeah, I have to say. Although The Hole in the Ground in this movie was pretty interesting. It looked like a big meteor crater, except at the bottom was like a sinkhole. Yes. It's very it was, And it was in the middle of a forest that was... Very creepy. Yeah, it was a big, creepy forest that seemed to go on forever. Yikes. Yeah. Um, but the plot is that this woman's little son is like wanders out into the woods and she finds him near this hole and she brings him back home. And then she starts to think, hey, maybe this isn't my son after all, which is a problem. And it happens. Yeah. So he's about eight years old. And, you know, like a lot of eight-year-olds, he's a little creepy even, you know, from the beginning. Like, they do a good job of establishing that kids are weird and they do (laughs) weird things. Yeah. Yeah, So then when he starts acting weird, everyone else is just like, yep, kids are weird. And the mom knows, though. She's like, but this isn't the weird my kid is. This is something else. And that was kind of a repeated motif if you will that a mother knows her child and it was it very subtle changes that were mm-hmm. sufficient to make her think something had to be totally wrong whereas everyone else was like come on kids can change a little bit it's no big deal like little things like how he ate his spaghetti and Uh yeah just little little things i mean by the time it turned into something big that other people would notice it was you know then she was actually testing him with things that only her son would know that they hadn't done for a while that she could ask about whatnot yeah it was interesting and there was the idea that one of the tests you could use to see if this was a real person or if it was the alien or monster or whatever from the pit was the mirror always tells the truth so like you could see the monsterness if you looked at them in the mirror right yeah And I liked how that kind of paralleled the idea of a mother and the reflect, you know, how a child is a reflection of their parent. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're going to take this, if we're going to go the way we like to go, which is to make things way, take things, which is to take things way too seriously. Yeah, there was some depth to this movie. Yeah, I don't really know where it all goes, but I have several different uh, thoughts out there in the ether. Um, one thing, this is not a, a deep thought, but just throughout the course of this movie, it uh, it really left you unsure. Like most of the movie, I was, I have notes here about how this could easily be her. This is, mm-hmm. her brain is breaking down. She's taking mm-hmm. this medication, which itself could be causing problems, but mm-hmm. also she's taking it for a reason and she's got this head injury and we wonder if... 
And is she going insane? Right. And she has some psychological issues because it's never clearly stated, but it's yeah. very strongly implied that, you know, the reason her husband's not there is that there was some kind of abuse there. And so, you know, she may be sensitive in that regard. Like, not only might she actually be having some kind of mental breakdown, but she may also have some kind of trauma influencing the way she sees her son. So uh, there's something I want to get into, a v what I marked as my too serious take from this movie that's related to that. But before we do, I want to say one of the notes I made myself was, I don't know which is scarier, the idea that she is losing her mind. And so, you know, her her mental danger. illness is going to cause her to become a danger to her child. Yeah. Like, that's a scary storyline. But it's also a scary storyline that she's not losing her mind and that her son has been changed out for this monster and no one will believe her because it's so yeah. easy to fall into the, oh, well, she has a mental illness and it's her fault. Yeah, you know? and it definitely walks that line. So you're not quite sure for a long time. Yeah. Well, and another note that I made was that this movie had an excellent use of limited perspective. Like, mm. you really only hear this story from her perspective. You only... You know, everything you learn is because she's learning it. And since she right. doesn't know, then we don't know. And yeah. I thought that was that in terms of a storytelling tool, that was very well used. Well, and like there's a part where she's peeking under the door and she sees him chasing a spider and his fingers stretch in yes. that scene. And it's like, well, then clearly he's a monster or clearly she's going Hallucinating. nuts. It right. works either way. It could be either way. Yeah. We never see anyone else responding to the things she sees that she's afraid of. Except in one scene, she shows a video to her neighbor, her neighbor whose wife has been through the exact same thing and is now dead. Mm -hmm. And he looks at the footage and we never get to see the footage. He looks at it and he looks kind of concerned and freaked out, but he's like, I don't see anything. It's fine. And we're left going like, did he? Didn't he? Right. What's going on? Just like she was. Yeah. Like she, he, she couldn't tell if he honestly didn't see anything or if he was pretending he didn't see anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very well done, I thought. So this movie was made by the Irish and Finnish film boards in collaboration. Yeah. And one of the things that I really liked about this story was that there were some, what I consider very quintessential Irish tropes in these stories or like, mm -hmm. like elements of storytelling. There's the whole, I mean, the whole idea of the movie is based on the, the changeling idea and the, yeah. the whole, you know, the fae coming in and swapping Taking out children, your child. Yeah. Which I always, you know, I, I don't know how accurate I am in believing this, but it feels like an Irish story to me. Yeah, I think so. And then going back to this, going back to the mirror piece, I've always sort of associated Irish storytelling with mirrors too, like that 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 there's a, an element of that, mm. particularly like at the funeral, the mirrors were all covered with like black veils yeah, or black that's lace a thing for sure. Um, which I guess I've always sort of thought of as sort of an Irish Catholic kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, again, I, I don't know how Jewish accurate. Thing, but clearly not in this case. Yeah, I mean it could be both. But um, and then the other thing was she 
you know, he was performing in that talent show and they were singing the song, the like cumulative song about the... The rattling bog. Yes, the the hole in the bog and the bog in the valio and, you know, the branch <laughs> on the tree and all of that. And that sort of cumulative story or story song always makes me think of Ireland too, for some reason. Yeah. It is funny you should say that because I had a very different Irish take on this whole thing, which is this is probably the third or fourth Irish horror film I've watched over the course of these years. And I just put down a big list of adjectives that this movie had that is quintessential Irish horror film, which is it is slow, grim, gray, intimate, bleak, vague, monochrome. That is an Irish horror film. It might be all Irish films. I don't know. I only watched the <laughs> horror ones. But they're just like that, where it's just this bleak, dark, slow thing. And it just yeah. kind of grinds you down. Very depressing movies. Yeah, there are some there are some cultures, though, that kind of go with that very flat, bleak, monotone thing that that's the scariness of it like that's how they show yeah sadness fear that sort of thing a lot of horror movies do this where it's all about grief more than something else and that's what irish films feel, right. feel like there's just this grief weighing you down that's interesting i tend to like i really enjoy watching murder mysteries and, and like procedural dramas and i have a really hard time watching them f- like a certain style of that kind of show that generally comes out of like Great Britain, sometimes yeah. Canada. There's another place too that they come from, but that are I can't watch them because they're just so it's not dark, it's bleak. Like yeah. there's just everything about it, like even the look of it is just depressing all the time. There's never any color in the whole thing and I just cannot <laughs> keep watching it's one of those movies where at the end the uh the hero is chasing the criminal across a giant tundra yes slowly yes. As, a, as a blizzard is going on and both of them are just crawling and they can't get anywhere yeah i feel yeah. like i feel like scandinavian movies tend to kind of head, go <laughs> sure. in that direction too yeah We've like watched let some... the right one in yes yes and the, that whole the same thing this movie had that creepy forest and I've mm-hmm. seen that in Scandinavian horror films, too, where it's just like a never-ending expanse of trees filtering out yeah. the light and often having like that softness of snow blanketing everything. Yeah, that was the Finnish contribution to this movie. Yes, They yes. provided the trees. So what are some of the like deep things that you were thinking while you were watching this movie? Well, when I saw this like halfway through, I'm like, this movie is a metaphor for adults who have a child who's going through puberty. Like, very, not even like symbolically, but like specifically. Like, at one point, his voice gets deep. He gets strong. He He's, uh, his tastes change. And she's spying through his bedroom, seeing him and doing weird things by himself in his bedroom <laughs> that leave her concerned. I mean, in this case, specifically it was eating spiders. <laughs> sure, but, but yes, yes. Allegorical. Realistic, though. Allegorical. Also, when he was eating that spider, 99% of the spider was outside of his mouth. Like, he was <laughs> eating its fingernail. Yes, I noticed that, too. It was very strange. They're like, that spider's just gonna get away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so... That's interesting. I like that you said that because it ties very closely to what I found, like the allegorical, metaphorical thing that I noticed yeah. in it, is that this woman is pretty clearly 
a survivor of domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. And she got her son and herself out of this situation. And the son has some resentment about that because he was told, dad's going to be right behind us and dad doesn't show up. And so he's angry. Yeah. That's definitely hard for a kid. Right. And so, and then, like you said, this is a boy who's going through puberty. She's watching this happen through the filter of having had this kind of traumatic experience at the hands of a man. And so as she watches her son grow into manhood, you know, he, he is becoming this thing that was abusive and scary to her after being something that was the her whole purpose for being like yeah um, well and that's the thing is teenagers turn into monsters oh oh i got another metaphor there but yeah you know there's yeah. this whole thing where they become unrecognizable they become irrational yeah. and and even violent and yeah. unpredictable and all of that so particularly when she finally confronts him and flat out says, you're not my son. Like, mm-hmm. like he eats the Parmesan cheese that she <laughs> Which knows. Is worse than eating a spider. <laughs> that she knows her son doesn't like. And she calls him out. She's like, you are not my son. You're not my son. And he kind of like, oh, mommy, what? For a little yeah. bit. And then goes crazy, attacks her, like throws her across the room yeah. and all of that. And I'm like, oh, well, this is her worst fear coming true right here is that she didn't get him out soon enough. And yeah. what he watched when he was little, he's now becoming. Yeah, I can see that. And then to carry that teenagers changing on you thing, at the end of the movie, she's crawling down this long, dark tunnel of teenagerdom to get her boy back at the end when he's I would say 18, but maybe when he's 20, 24 or so <laughs> that she right. gets a, a human being back at the end of all that difficult journey. Yeah, interesting. I can definitely see that. Huh. I hadn't picked up on the whole, like, the deepening of the voice during yeah. the talent show performance. Like, it was a scary scene. Mm-hmm. But again, I was thinking of it in terms of, like, is she really seeing this? Is anybody else seeing Clearly, this? Is she hallucinating? Something's going weird because she's the only one in the audience all of a sudden. Right. And then, um, so I was very focused on that and not thinking about what it could represent. But I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's that stuff. So then it's interesting how the the head buried in the ground element yeah. plays into that. Like there are some things I want to read into that in terms of like burying your head in the sand, like the denial of mm-hmm. what is happening. Well, except, I mean, why... I don't even understand what happened to the other lady, but why is the child making her bury her head in the sand? Well, I think the other, I think in both cases, the monster disguised as the child buried, like he definitely buried his mother. I think he also buried Noreen, the, oh, the lady. Oh, the same, her son. Christopher, did. yes. I because see. she that makes recognized him. Like she saw yeah. him in the car after he had been out to the pit and had been brought back. And she was like, He's not your son. So he yeah. had to get rid of her. That makes sense. But how she knew that, I'm not sure. And and yeah, I don't know how the representation plays out when it's the monster that's burying their heads. Like he's like trying to stop them from seeing him or I don't yeah. know what the symbolism is there. Well, and that was a note I made. I said lots of buried alive imagery. Mm-hmm. And there's that. And then in the uh, the hole in the ground she actually has to sink through the sinkhole to get in there. And it's very much about 
being buried. Which was evocative of so many different movies from my childhood. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Like it was. It, the pit very much looks like the Sarlacc pit um, from, Star, from Wars. Star Wars. It made me think of when Wesley and Buttercup sink into the quicksand in yeah. the forest of the R.O.U.S.'s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's the other? There's another movie where the boy and his horse, like the horse sinks into oh, the sand. Is that in Never Ending Story? I think so. So like that, it was definitely a thing that where quicksand or sinking into sand like that was a commonly used theme. Yeah. Like in the late 80s, early 90s in movies, I think, which is interesting. I had never really thought about that until (laughs) I was like flashing through all these different movies as I watched the scene here. So she does go down into like she decides she's going to go get her son back. She goes down into the pit. She rescues him. She comes back. She burns the house down with of course the monster version of her son inside it and they leave yeah so as they were leaving and her son was in the back seat like looking toward the front seat at her what were your thoughts in that moment well i was concerned not so much about the two boys being switched because he was in the basement you heard him knocking on the door it seems highly improbable that somehow they could be switched in that process But I was concerned because they never showed us the question I had about this movie was, how did she get out of that sinkhole? Because how? And so I was wondering what had really happened there. Because we did see that one of the monsters down in the pit looked exactly like her. Yeah. Yeah. And but she there was a there was a closed caption of arm squelching i think it was after she would <laughs> yes. be beating on that arm a little bit so i was expecting to encounter like a situation where the other her beat her home mm-hmm. and now there's her there with one arm missing and something like that and that didn't happen though so i th- think she got out successfully and left the monsters behind so then i had the question of i definitely had the question of whether or not she had saved the right son. Yeah. That was- and because there was a point earlier in the movie where the monster son moved from where we thought he was to somewhere else very quickly in a way, mm. like remember she called him for dinner and then she's in the living room and then suddenly he's in the kitchen and she doesn't uh, know how yeah. he got there. And he's like, I was fast. I was hungry. <laughs> um, hungry. So it felt like putting that in there raised the question of like, Okay, so she puts the good son next to the car, leaves him there. Yeah, which that was definitely not a good thing. She goes down to the basement where, you know, she can hear that the evil son is still in there. But I had this question of, is there some kind of, was the evil one out? Did it, they get swapped again somehow? Yeah, I mean, that's always possible. But I feel like they kind of wanted to leave you with that, ooh, I don't know, mm-hmm. except that they made it pretty clear with the very final scenes that it had to really be him. There's the part where she's taking pictures of him and his face is just blurry and you're like, ooh, I don't know. But then it shows that her house is filled with mirrors Mm -hmm. and there's no way that, I mean, clearly she was like living with him as if he was her son. She would have seen him in those mirrors a million times. But she definitely, like she did not have confidence that he wasn't going to turn evil again. Like she filled yeah, her house with mirrors. She took pictures of him. Careful. Like it looked like she, that was her routine. Like she would take a picture of him every day yeah. to check and make sure that he still looked okay. Which then makes me wonder, 
now that she's been through this, now she's going to actually suffer from the mental illness <laughs> that we were afraid she might have had earlier. That is very um, possible. So the whole thing was very complex and and complicated and very interesting to watch. Well, a lot of it, like throughout, there were little bits where they leave a lot implied, which I feel like is also a trait of these Irish movies. Mm -hmm. Even not like complicated things necessarily, but even just simple things like the doctor would give her pills and he'd be like, these are for you, take these. And we never hear what they are or anything, but we understand it's implied, we work it out. All the things like that throughout the movie, they don't tell you everything. They tell you enough that if you have half a brain, you understand what's going on. Which stands out to us because in American <laughs> filmmaking, they do not treat their audience like they have half a brain. Right. Generally. I, I definitely noticed that. And it, it engages your brain because you're sitting there having to solve little mini puzzles constantly, you know? Mm -hmm. So how about in terms of like the filmmaking elements, like... Uh, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about choices that were made in terms of the aesthetic or casting, scripting, those kinds of things. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it looked, it was very well put together. The acting was really good and everything. The, the kid, I kept thinking, was Haley Joel Osment. Like, he had a very similar look. Yeah, he's got that same sleepy eyes. And he was just, uh, he did a good job of being creepy. And but also normal. I'm like, everything yeah. he would do, I'm like, well, that's creepy, but also could be perfectly normal <laughs> well, eight-year-old behavior. That's what I liked is that at the beginning of the movie, when we know he's normal, like that that's the setup, he wasn't easy to like and easy mm -hmm. to understand. He was a weirdo and, you know, he was an eight-year-old kid. Very like, quiet, would stare at you with his big yeah. eyes, like didn't really respond the way you would expect. <laughs> so... Like, that's not how you expect a movie like this to start. You expect mm -hmm. it to start with the all, oh, I love you, mommy, and all this stuff. So it was a lot more realistic in that respect. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I really like how it was put together. Mm -hmm. And I always find that with these these Irish movies. They're very, they're, they're just right for me because I really like these slow, grim movies. I like them as horror. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a hard time with them as the, like, as my murder mystery things, because I like, I like to have my murdery mystery bits balanced <laughs> out with some humor. Yeah. I prefer something with a little bit of comedic element to it, or at least some lightheartedness where it talks about, like, a little bit of positive, emotional, uplifting, whatever, so that it's not just all the world is terrible and we're all going Which, to die. That is what these movies are, definitely. Yes. Yes, there's not a lot of hope thrown out there as a life preserver for this you. This stuff is just a wallowing good time is what it is. <laughs> wallowing in a rattling bog. Yeah. I did think that there would be more to Sarah's head wound. Like she had that right. wound yeah. that supposedly was from a car accident that had happened a, a year ago. And it was still like, she's like, sometimes it just gets irritated, but it was like openly bleeding. And yeah, like, it, it seemed very irritated. It seemed to be getting worse as the movie went on, which obviously was symbolic. But then I sort of felt like we were going to find out more about how she got that wound and how it plays in. And we never did. Yeah, they kept like, we kept seeing it or seeing a problem with it, like it was bleeding. And then it would cut to something. One time it cut to her closing a car door and getting out and going somewhere. And I'm like, oh, here's the flashback. 
this is what happened before. Right. And no, she was just going to the store. It was yeah. the present still. Yeah. <laughs> like they never gave us that info. So that was interesting. It, I, I mean, I don't feel like it left a big hole or anything. It's just, I always was expecting something that never ended up coming. Yeah. It's all implied. Yep. Ratings. Well, I think it's very apparent that we both enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. And I feel kind of let down by the fact that there were monsters at the end. Like, I was on board with the mental illness and the absolute horror of her having enough stuff going on that she's totally convinced her son is a monster, but no proof at all. And then she goes too far, and that's really horrific. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. There was a monster. Mm-hmm. And she didn't actually go too far. Like, she ended up saving her son rather than being the cause of her yeah. son's death. Well, she did burn a house down with her quote-unquote son inside, too. Yeah, but she also had her son in her arms while that was <laughs> happening. So I feel like that's pretty yeah. solid evidence that there was a monster. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Or that there was no son in the house when she burned it down, one or the yeah. other. Yeah, whatever. She's crazy. Anyway, I would say I I really liked it, but it it didn't hit the highest of notes with me. It just was really solid and really good. So I I give it four camcorders out of five. Okay. Yeah. So solid, good movie. Not my favorite, but really, I'm glad I saw it. Okay. So, you know, there's always the discussion of there are different ways of enjoying movies, right? There are Mm -hmm. different reasons why we score horror movies high and and they are not necessarily, we're not necessarily scoring everything on the same criteria, right? So I think I'm actually going to give this one a five. It's the five. Yeah. This is this my first five of the month? I'm pretty sure it is. Interesting. So I'm torn because I could also give it a four and a half, but I really like the depth to this story. I mm-hmm. really like the metaphor and the meaning that can be called out of this. And I feel like if you watched it again, like with the idea, you know, I didn't know everything that this movie was trying to say until you get to the end of it, right? And if you go back, having that idea in mind, I think it would be even, you know, it's one of those ones you could watch again and it would be, you'd get more meat off the bone. Unlike frogs, like you're not going to go back and rewatch frogs and get more out of it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, This one, it's, it would, it would build on it. And any movie, any horror movie that we come across where Watching it a second time would be beneficial to your understanding of it and your appreciation of it. I think I have to give I have to give that movie credit. So I'm gonna stay with five for this one. Yeah. I really I liked the way the story was told. Um I liked I honestly liked that it wasn't the the age-old story of a mother losing her mind and <laughs> murdering her children. Like like, that's such an easy story to tell. Everybody wants to hear that kind of story um, because it's so tugs certain heartstrings and certain, right. you know, emotional responses to think that a mother could do something like that to her child, right? And this didn't rely on that to make the story. Like, the story was 
it was possible that that was happening, but then it turns out she was actually right all along. And it was more about trusting your motherly instinct. Yeah. You know, even when everyone else around you mm-hmm. thinks that you are losing your mind, you know, I think, and I liked that. I liked that different perspective. I liked the way they made it look. I liked the way they made it sound. You know, I just all around, I feel like it was very solidly put together movie. And I appreciate that. So all right. five camcorders out of five from me. Yeah, that's great. I do want to add that I know that some of the people who listen to this podcast listen because they don't necessarily want to watch a gory nasty horror movie they just want to kind of get the the entertainment piece from it and this is a movie that i think a lot of people could watch like it is a horror movie but there aren't a lot of jump scares there's not a lot of gore there's a couple Um, moments that are hard to watch like the arm wrestling scene. Yes, there are a couple of moments that are hard to watch. And they're very brief. And yes. overall, it's much more an interesting story mm-hmm. rather than like, like it's, it, it's kind of a slow burn, build up psychological yeah. story as opposed to anything really abrupt and all of that. Like, so I think there are people who generally wouldn't watch horror movies who could watch this movie. I think that's true. All right. Well... Let's catch him on the flippity-floppity, Soli. Yeah, but is it going to be the real flippity-floppity or the evil flippity-floppity? It's both. (laughs) (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. Time for a little entertainment. What, what? What, what? Wow, wow, wow. Beep, beep, beep.